Thanks for joining us today on the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. Enjoy today's message from Pastor Mike McGowan. Happy New Year! So good to see you. So glad that you're here today. Uh, I hope your New Year is already off to a good start. In fact, I hope you accomplish all of your New Year's resolutions by Valentine's Day this year. You know what? Because here's the deal. If you don't have it done by then, it probably ain't going to happen, right? (laughs) But today, we're kicking off a brand new series called All In, where we're talking about what it's going to take for all of us as a church to go all in in our relationship with God in order to reach our community for Christ. Because look, here's the deal. We know from multiple passages in the Bible that God wants to reach this community for Christ. But another key way we know that God wants to reach this community for Christ is how Parkway Fellowship got started. Now, I've told pieces and parts of this story over the years, so I want to take a few moments and I want to, I want to tell the parts of the story that I feel like are the most critical. A um, number of years ago, I used to be on staff at another church as an associate pastor, and one year I went to a conference. Well, I went to this conference. And while the presenter was speaking to the crowd, man, God was speaking to me. I'm like, you you know how that is. Sometimes, like, even when you come into this room, um, I can be speaking, you know, to the crowd, but, you know, God might be speaking right to you, you know, and he might not even, he might be speaking to you about something that I'm not even saying, but, man, God is speaking right to you. That's what was happening to me. The speaker, the speaker was speaking to the crowd, but man, I tell you, God was speaking to me. And he, in that moment gave me a vision of a church in this area that would effectively touch the lives of 10% of the community every single week. And I mean, I'm telling you, like I was getting juiced as the Lord was was showing me this because I could see in my mind's eye, I could see a church filled with people that were excited about their own personal relationship with God that were growing in their faith and helping other people grow in theirs. So I'm telling you, like as the speaker was wrapping up, like I was getting amped up, man. I was getting pumped about what God was going to do. And so I thought that God was going to do all that through the church that I was currently serving in. But you know what? It wasn't meant to be. You know, a lot of times when God asks us to do something, it requires a step of faith, right, that we weren't expecting, because things don't always quite work out like we think they're going to on the front end, but that's just what happened. And so um, I realized that God wanted Amy and I to step out in faith and start a new church. Now, Amy was seven months pregnant with our first baby at that time, and that meant we were walking away from salary, from insurance, from benefits, and we ended up walking away from a lot of our close friends who just didn't feel led to start this new church with us. But we, we knew, we knew God wanted us to start this church. And so we took a step of faith and Parkway Fellowship was born. And here we are, 16 years later, we average almost 3,000 people a weekend at church at our two locations, online, and at a youth ministry that we've started in Brookshire. I'm telling you, what God's done over the last 16 years, it's truly been incredible. It's been unbelievable. Now, here's why all that is so important. It's so important because just the fact that you're here today means 
that God is extending an invitation to you to join him in what he wants to do to reach this community through this church. And God's invitation to you today is in 2019 is to join him and go all in in your faith so that just like that small group of people that started Parkway Fellowship went all in to make Parkway Fellowship what it is today, God is asking you to go all in to make Parkway Fellowship what it will be tomorrow. But to do that, we've got to say, okay, God, what is it you want me to do? Well, one of the components that God has used ever since the beginning of this church to reach people for Christ is the component of small groups. Okay? Now look, I know what you're thinking, especially like if you've been around the park for a while, you're thinking, oh great, this is the sermon about small groups. Okay, fantastic. Like we get at least two of these a year, but it feels like 10. Okay? Like I, 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 I get that. I understand. And, and you're thinking, well, I mean, he's, Mike's going to get up there and he's going to talk about all the things that I need to do and all the reasons why I ought to go to a small group. But you know, just the thought of jamming one more thing to my already overcrowded schedule, just, it just seems too overwhelming. In fact, I mean, now that the holidays are over, more than going to small group, like, I feel like I really need to go to the gym, right? <laughs> but here's the thing. We're not the only ones that have ever felt like we're overextended. We're not the only ones that have ever felt like we have no margin and there's just no room to fit anything else into our schedule. In fact, I think about the earliest followers of Jesus in the first century. I think about their lives and how they felt the, the, the pinch on their own schedule. Because look, most of those people that were or their followers of Jesus, they were all blue-collar workers, okay? Um, most of them were farmers or tradesmen or carpenters or stonemasons or shepherds or um, cloth merchants, field workers, fishermen. Some of them were even slaves, okay? But get this, these people, like, they didn't get weekends off. There were no sick days. There were no vacation days. There was no family leave act for any of them. If they didn't work, they didn't earn money. It's just that simple. And for most of them, they did most of their work outside. They were able to do very little work after dark. I mean, even though they had torches and small little oil lamps, it didn't provide enough light for them to do much work outside. So for them, they had to cram everything in during the daylight hours. And so literally for them, their schedule was probably a little bit more overcrowded. They felt, you know, that pinch, maybe even more than we do. But even for these earliest Christ followers, they made time to make sure that they worship God both at church in large group settings and in small groups, in small settings. Look what the Bible says. If it, go ahead and pull out your worship notes, and you can follow me along either in your own Bible or on the worship notes or on your phone, whatever is easiest for you. In Acts chapter 2, verses 46 to 47, the Bible says this. It says, they, that's the earliest Christ followers, they worship together regularly at the temple each day. Now, pause right there for just a second. That is a reference to the morning sacrifice that they offered at the temple every day. So every day before the workday started, so early in the morning, they had a time of prayer and morning sacrifice that they offered at the temple every day. And so 
both Jews and Christians gathered at the temple. And the Christians, because their worship also included Jesus, not just God, they tended to kind of gather like more together. And so they worshiped at the temple every day before the workday started. Okay, let's continue. And they met in small groups in homes for communion and shared their meals with great joy and thankfulness, praising God. So look, so not only were they meeting at the temple early in the morning before the workday started, they also regularly met in the evenings in people's homes in smaller groups to celebrate their commitment to Christ with to Christ together. You know, one thing they always did was they shared communion every week in their homes. But you know, my, my point is, is they went to church, they went to like big church, but they also went to small group because they realized from literally from the very beginning of Christianity, they needed both. They needed both things in order to grow and be effective in their faith. <coughs> Excuse me. And what was the effect of like large gatherings and being in a small group? Look what it says. It says this. The whole city was favorable to them. And each day God added to them all who were being saved. So the end result of them gathering together for church as well as gathering together for small group was that the whole city, the whole city looked favorable on these new Christ followers, these Christians. Now, why? Why was that like such a big deal? Because they were able to create this community of people who just loved and accepted one another as they were. And I'm telling you, like that kind of thing, it blows people away. Because look, most people by nature are judgmental and self-serving. Like, that's why you have to teach your kids to be nice and to be kind and to be thoughtful to other people. Because those things don't come naturally. Like, you've got to work to make that happen for your kids and teach that to your kids. And so, when these earlier Christ followers created a community that just loved people, like, it, it blew people away. It, 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 it was astounding. It made Christianity almost irresistible. And the reason they just loved and accepted people is because Jesus just loved and accepted them. <coughs> Sorry, as they were. And so they got together and they celebrated together and then they, you know, for inspiration and excitement in their large group gatherings at the temple every day. But then they gathered in small groups so that they could have those personal relationships with each other and grow in their personal relationship with Christ. <coughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I've not been feeling good this week, so I'm kind of catching up with me a little bit. So these early Christians realized they needed both in order to grow in their own faith. <coughs> and get this, if the early Christians realized they needed both, then why would we think we would need any less, right? We need it too. <coughs> Excuse me. I, no, I got it right here. I put it up here, but thank you. <laughs> Cheers. <coughs> I love that guy. And so look, this is what God's saying to you and me. 
He wants to use our large Sunday, large Sunday morning gatherings like to motivate and to inspire and to get us all excited, but he wants to use small groups to help make it personal with each other and grow in our personal relationship with Christ. We need both just like they did. In fact, as Christianity began to spread around the Mediterranean world, the early Christians realized that they needed to meet in small groups in order to even obey the commands of God. Because there are some commands that God gives us that we cannot possibly obey if we're not in small groups of people together. I've listed a lot of these commands for you in your worship guide. Look at them. In Romans 15, 7, God says, accept one another. Romans 12, 10, be devoted to one another. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Like, that's a twofer, okay? Galatians 6, 2, carry each other's burdens. Galatians 5, 13, serve one another in love. And here's a triple. Ephesians 4, 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. 1 Thessalonians 4, 18, therefore, encourage each other. James 5, 16, pray for each other. Romans 15, 14, instruct one another. Let me pause, right? I'm going to talk about that one for just a second, instruct one another. Let me just say a word here. Look, life is just too short to learn everything by experience. Life is too short to learn everything the hard way. Life's just too painful for that. We need to learn from the experiences of other people, and we need to instruct one another about what we've learned from what we've been through. You can only do that in the context of a small group, because I'm telling you, you don't have to learn everything in life the hard way. Again, life's just too hard for that. And so we need these small groups to instruct one another, okay? Now, the, I've, there's many other commands that, we, that God gives us that we have to fulfill only in the context of one another, but there's one command that Jesus gives us that I think makes Christianity more irresistible than anything else. And it's what he says in John 13, 34, and 35. Here's what Jesus says. He says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. See, this is the component that made Christianity more irresistible than any other single thing. They, created a, they, they were able to create a group of people that just loved and accepted, it, accepted other people. It didn't matter what they'd done or where they'd been. And so people that would become Christians were like, why? Like, why would you just accept me and love me despite what I've done in my life? Well, the answer is simple. It's because people are never argued into believing in Christ. People are never debated into believing Christ. People are never guilted or shamed into believing in Christ. The only way that people believe in Christ is if they are won over. And people are won over by love. And so when we love people and accept people just right where they are, and it doesn't mean that they're going to stay that way, but we accept them where they are. And when we do that, I'm telling you, God uses us to win over people towards Christ because God is expressing his love through us to them. 
It's incredible. And I'm telling you, God has used that to change the world ever since the first century. But in order for that to happen, we've got to have those avenues where we can act lovingly towards other people. And yeah, Sunday morning's good, but Sunday morning is not enough. Just in the first century Christians, they knew it wasn't enough. That's why they had their large gatherings, but they also had their small group gatherings. And the same is true for us. We need both. And so God's asking you to do the same. He's not, not only is he asking you to make a commitment to be at church on Sunday mornings, he's, I mean, like, maybe for you, that's your New Year's resolution to start coming to church more. Well, that's good. I'm glad. But God, this morning, just so you being here, God is inviting you to go all in with him and make a commitment to be a part of a small group. Now, before we go any farther, I want to explain a few things about small group. I want to give you a few practicals, especially if you're newer to the park and you don't know how we do it around here. So these are your fill-ins. Write these things down, okay? Um, a small group is 10 to 16 people who meet weekly to study the Bible and become friends. And meet every week to study the Bible and become friends. Um, it's pretty straightforward. Now, some groups, they'll study the book of the Bible. Other groups will study a topic that's based on biblical truths. Some groups offer meals, some groups just give snacks, some groups have childcare, some groups don't. Um, but all the groups, no matter when they meet or what they're doing, they all take time to pray for and care for one another. And God uses all those things together to help people become friends. And some people even become best friends. Now, look, let me just say this. If you've tried small group before, you know, like for whatever reason, like it was a bad fit, or like uh, you just kind of didn't click with all the people in the group. Like, I mean, I get that. That from time to time that happens. But if that's happened to you, or if that ever happens to you, okay, that doesn't mean that you just bail out on small group entirely. I mean, you don't do that in any other part of your life, do you? I mean, nobody goes to a restaurant and has a bad experience at the restaurant and just like, fine, we're never going out to eat ever again. Nobody ever does that. You just simply go, we're not going back there. We'll go eat at other places. Same thing in small group. If one group isn't a good fit for you, like that's okay. You just don't go back to that one. Pick one of the other ones and go be a part of it. But you don't get rid of small group. You don't give up on small group. That's not what you do. You don't do that in any other area of your life. Because for most people, most people make friends in small group some people even make close friends in small group, okay? So here, number two, here's the second thing about small group. Is that small groups are the care system of our church. Small groups are the care system of our church. Look, neither Pastor Adam nor I can know all the needs of everybody in the church, nor can we go visit everybody in the hospital that's in the hospital. I mean, it, it's, there's, it's just too many. It's logistically impossible. So the best way... For us to provide care is for all of us to care for all of us. And the only way that happens is through small group. So if you go to the hospital or you have a baby or you have a family crisis, it's your small group who rallies around you. They're the ones that are going to visit you in the hospital. They're going to help provide meals. They'll pick up your kids. They'll do your laundry. They'll mow your yard or you know, whatever it is that you need. Your small group will take care of that for you. But in order for that to happen, like you need to be in one. 
And now here's the thing. I mean, you might be thinking, oh, well, you know what? I, I don't really want anybody to do anything for me. Like, I, I don't need anybody to do anything for me. Like, I, I'm good. Okay, that's fine. But here's the deal. God might be wanting to use you to help somebody else in need. God might put you in a small group, not for you, but because God wants to use you to touch them. So be a part of a small group, okay? Um, number three. We have three semesters of small group per year, a spring, a summer, and a fall semester. We're about to start the spring semester. Uh, we're gonna, those signups will begin next week. But we've got three semesters of small group. Usually we do about three months of small group, and then we take a month off. We do three months, and then we take a month off. So we have these little breaks in between. Now, the summer's a little bit different. A lot of small groups, because people are just like so in and out, will only meet like two or three times in the summer, and that's okay too. But in the spring and the fall, it's pretty much every week. Pretty much meet every single week. And you can sign up for whatever small group best fits you. Like we've got men's groups, we've got groups for couples, we've got groups for women, we've got recovery groups, we've got all kinds of groups to meet all kinds of people in whatever area or stage of life that you're in. And, and everybody's got different schedules. So we've got different small groups that meet literally every day of the week, all different times. So whatever works best for you, there is a small group that will fit in your schedule. And so you pick a small group based on whatever you want, whether it's childcare or location or where your friends are or who's teaching it, you know, whatever works best, okay? All right, number four, small groups are for my whole family. Small groups are for my whole family. Look, if you need small group, I can guarantee you your kids and your teenagers need it. Because look, here's the deal. School is tough and kids are cruel. And when your child or teenager is in a small group, they're around other kids and other teenagers that are wanting to grow closer to God and wanting to be on that path in life. And small groups tend to be really fun and encouraging environments. And your kids need that. Your teenagers need that. Now, we only offer small groups for kids and teenagers on Wednesday nights, okay? And I, like, I get it. Like, I know that that can be tough. Because, like many of you, my kids are hyper-involved in sports. They've, they've been involved in sports for years. And we've just simply told coaches that, hey, our kids, they're just simply not available on Wednesday nights. And we just made that a non-negotiable. Number one, because we wanted our kids and coaches to know that God's first place in our life. Amen. And nothing, nothing will supplant that. And number two... Amy and I have realized that the things that our kids will learn in small group will carry them farther in life than anything they'll ever learn on a court or a field. And so our kids are involved in small groups, and they have been ever since the beginning. Small groups are for your whole family because if you need it, I can guarantee you they need it, maybe even more so. Okay? All right. Number five. I need to sign up every semester because once a small group is filled, it's closed. Like a college class, once a small group fills up, it's closed. Because, I mean, look, think about it. If you get more than about 16 people in a group, the amount of sharing and discussion, it, the quality actually goes down because it's just, it's just too many people. And so at the start of every semester, like, you need to sign up for a small group. Now, if you like the small group you're in and you want to just stay in it, then before the last semester, the semester, previous semester ends, you just renew your commitment with your small group leader. Your small group leader will guide you through that. And so then you're just automatically in for the next semester. But if you need to change for whatever reason, you know, maybe now you need childcare or you need to meet on a different night, that's fine. 
then whenever small group sign-up starts, which by the way, it starts next Sunday, sign up as fast as you can. Because once a group fills, it's closed, like a college class. And so sign up for small group. You can preview all of our small groups all week long on our website. And then next Sunday morning at 8 a.m., you can start signing up either online or like in, in here when you come to church, okay? Um, all right, let me wrap it up with this. As a senior pastor, okay, I've been going to small group every semester for 16 years, okay? I've never missed a semester. Now look, here's the deal. I'll be honest, like there's been multiple semesters like I didn't want to sign up for small group. I mean, especially like when our kids were little and Amy and I like, I mean, we're just falling over exhausted all the time. But I mean, I felt like I'm the senior pastor. Like I can't, I can't not sign up for a small group, right? I, I, I got to be a part of that. And so I, I kind of felt like I had to. But here's the thing. Now looking back, 16 years later, I gotta be honest, like, I'm really glad God put me, put me in a position where I didn't feel like I could ever take off of small group. And I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't. And here's why. Now that I've been in a small group that long and that continually long, there's been two key things that have happened in my own personal life that I never could have anticipated early on. Here's the first. First thing is this, is that casual friends have become close friends. And, and not every person I've been in a small group with has become my close friend, but a lot more have than I thought were going to be. And, and it happens because we've been in a small group consistently for a long time. And, you know, sometimes when a new person will come into small group, like it's the end of the semester before I feel like I'm, I'm just not getting to know them. Like I'm feeling I'm just kind of getting started getting to know them. And then if they don't sign up or renew their commitment to be in my small group, well then like I don't really feel like I ever really got to know. But the people that have been in, I've been in small group with multiple semesters in a row, like I, I've really gotten to know these people and some of them have become really close friends. Like I know if I ever need anything, Bam, they, I mean, they'd be there for me in a heartbeat. And they know if they needed anything, I'd be there for them in a heartbeat. Because we've shared some life together. But that only happens after being in a small group consistently for multiple semesters in a row. And for, for some of these people, there would have been no way for our paths to cross if it wasn't for small group. I mean, there's just, there's just no way I would have ever known them. And so here's my point. You never know the friendships God has waiting for you in small group. And I'm telling you, those friendships, once they start to form, and those close friendships God allows you to make in small group, they will make your life so much richer than you ever thought. And so I'm so thankful for those friendships that I've been able to make in small group. But it only happens over a consistent period of time. Here's the second big thing um, that the Lord has done in my life through being in consistent small group over a long period of time. You know, most of the time, like, when we have small group every week, I, get, I mean, it's good, right? I mean, the lesson's good, the discussion's good, you know, the, the conversation is good. I mean, it's good. I mean, we enjoy it, and we get something out of it. Like, it's good. 
But every now and again, at small group, like it's supernatural. I'm telling you, it, it, either through what we're studying, man, God just shows up and it's incredible. Or maybe somebody in our group decides to really open up and get vulnerable about what's really going on. Or maybe we'll start talking about something and then we'll get off on a tangent and God just shows up in that conversation and literally, <clears throat> like you can feel God's presence. Like you can sense his presence. It's incredible. Literally, it's supernatural. But here's the thing. I never know when that's going to happen. I mean, it's not like I've got God in a box. I can just kind of pull him out and open it. Oh, here he is. Or like I can rub the lamp and like out he comes. That's not, that's not how it works. I never know when it's going to happen, but I'm telling you, when God shows up, it's incredible. And those little times during the, over the years, when God showed up in that big way, I wouldn't trade that for experience for anything, but it only comes by being consistent in small group over a long period of time. It's incredible. And so look, God has those appointments ready for you too. But you have to be a part. And the more consistent you go, the more consistently you'll experience those sorts of powerful, powerful moments in small group. Look, I, I'll be honest, like, I don't, I, honestly, I really don't know what else I can tell you to motivate you to go to small group or inspire you to get your kids and teenagers signed up for small group. Other than to say this, I'm telling you, just you being here today God is extending an invitation to you and saying, I've been using small group and large church experience to change people's lives for literally 2,000 years. And God's inviting you to go all in today to being a part of what he wants to do to reach people in this community and change their lives, including yours. But to do that, you got to go all in with small group. Bow your head, close your eyes, let me pray for you. <clears throat> and I want you to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. And before I pray, let me just say this. If you're sitting here today and you've never become a Christian, you've never stepped across the line and put fa your faith in Christ, but today you felt God's love, you felt the love of Christ, and you want to become a Christian, want to become a Christ follower for the first time, or maybe you're not sure if you are one and you want to make sure that you are one. There's a prayer at the bottom of your message notes. If you've never prayed that prayer before, I'm going to give you a few moments of silence where you can pray that prayer in just a second. And if you've already prayed that prayer before, then what I want you to do is pray for the people that are around you that are maybe praying that prayer for the first time. So I'm going to give a few moments of silence. If you've never prayed that prayer before and you're ready, I want you to pray it right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for a new year and a chance for new beginnings and a new semester of small group. And I pray for every person that prayed that prayer for the first time, that this would be the start of a new way of life for them. And for all of us, Father, I ask that this new semester of small group, you would use it 
to help us make new friends, deepen the friendships we already have, and that you would meet us supernaturally multiple times in small group this semester. And so I pray more than anything that you would help us to go all in with small group and that through that you would change us and you would use us to change this community that literally our whole city would look favorably on you because of our love and acceptance of other people through small group. And I ask you to do this in the name of the one who died for us all. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message. You can find more information about Parkway Fellowship by visiting our website, parkwayfellowship.com. And be sure to download our mobile app for previous message series, video content, and much more.